0: Andrea Sochi is a photographer, filmmaker and teacher based in St. Albans, UK. Italian native from Sardinia, Andrea relocated to London in 2014 to improve his English. After a career in hospitality management, Andrea went to earn a BA film with a foundation year in media. He currently works as a branding photographer, is a co-founder of his own businesses, an occasional background artist in film, height and television and TVC productions and film and television teacher at the Pauline Work Academy. We discuss his academic career from the perspective of a dedicated and responsible student, how he managed the pandemic and his ultimate triumphs with his short film. As a vivid reader and passionate screenwriter, he offers helpful book recommendations for aspiring filmmakers, along with some advice on how to make the most of your time at university. We go into greater detail about Andra's experience working as an extra in notable productions. Listen to this episode to discover more about his experiences working on sets with well-known actors and directors, gain insight into his optimistic outlook for your own personal growth, and be motivated by his desire to one day return back to Sardinia. Enjoy. Hello Andrea, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show.
1: Hello Thomas, thank you very much.
0: Can you please introduce yourself?
1: Yes, my name is Andrea. I am based in UK, specifically St Albans, although I used to live in London. I study Middlesex University in London. I have a degree in film, BA film, with an extra year in foundation in media. And yeah, work in photography, filmmaking, education. A lot
0: of interests, as we'll find out. Yeah. Just to start with your education. I wonder, can you tell us your experience of studying foundation year? Because I haven't studied it, but I spoke with someone and the person said that it was
1: very helpful. Can you say, how did you find it? Yes. First I decided to go through the foundation year because obviously I come from another country, so the university system is quite different, but also what I studied in high school in Italy was totally different. I studied sailing. Maritime transport management. So I didn't have anything to do with filmmaking. That is interesting. So, yeah. Even though I had some knowledge already of film, television, I decided to, to the extra year in foundation. So to be introduced to the university system in this country, but also the topic. And it was very useful because we went through film, television, media. And it was quite good. It was a good introduction. We did a lot of projects, some short film and actually the major project in the end was a short film, which I made by myself with my housemates, with equipment taken from Middlesex. And then when I started the BA film, I had already a good base. It was very useful. at least for me.
0: Yes. No, I can imagine yeah. and just off topic shortly, but it's interesting that you studied sailing. Why did yeah. you have such career change, completely different direction?
1: Yes. So I am from Italy, specifically I'm from Sardinia, which is an island. And when I was 13 years old, I had to decide which direction to take. And the only, I mean, I was obviously when you are 13, you are quite young. You're a preteen. So we don't really know what we want to do in life. But I knew I liked the sea. I used to sail with my father already and there weren't many options such as filmmaking or photography, which, you know, I've always liked. So I decided to go into sailing and yeah, I did the five years. I took my diploma. I did even some further experience, but then I came to UK to learn English. And actually in terms of career change. Before going to university, worked in restaurants here and I went into management, so that was my big career change from management to photography and filmmaking.
0: Yeah. And what was the reason in the
1: first place you moved to UK or to London? I wanted to learn English. I wanted to master the language. I could mm-hmm. speak it a bit, but I could speak very little. And also actually fun fact, when I came to UK. For the first time, I realized my English was even worse than I thought because I was watching some American film, and the English was very different and when I came here, I couldn't understand a word, yeah, so that was the first reason. I also seeking a life experience, and yeah,
0: that was the reason. So you worked in a restaurant in management, as you said, and
1: yes, why did you decide to switch for film? I was working in management. It was a good job with a salary, but in the end, I wanted something else. And my dream was always to go to university and study film. So I decided just to go ahead with my dream and I just went to university and it was, obviously, I kept my job. I was studying full-time working part-time, you know, to pay the bills. Uh, and it was quite a lot of work, but it was rewarding in the end and Throughout my, let's say, my last year at university, I did the shift of career. So the first three years, I was working and studying, working studying, and then COVID came. Oh, perfect and, and, timing. And yeah, perfect timing. And then during my last year at university, I left my job at the restaurant and I started to do freelancing in photography, videography, and then doing some essay work as well to get on big sets and connect a network while completing my last year at university. So that was... Was it your plan or did you decide
0: to do it this way because of the COVID? Because I remember when there was a COVID, restaurants Mm -hmm. shut down, pretty much everything shut down. So I wonder if it was intentional or was it
1: because of the circumstances? No, I mean, it was intentional, but like I hadn't planned it. So I didn't lose my job. I was in Fairlox during the lockdown. So I was still getting 80% of my contracted hours. But honestly, being in lockdown gave me possibility first to, you know, even master even more my skills. And then when the lockdown was over, I was like, I really don't want to go back to my restaurant job. I want to keep on doing what I'm doing. So this is why I left my job. I mean, actually I went and unpaid leave, took all my holiday and went in unpaid leave. I was like, let's leave a bit of security there. But then I just left. Can you
0: sum up your experience at university? How did you find it since it was your dream?
1: Yes, it was my dream. As I said, it was very hard to get into that system and work and study. But it was great. I mean, I made friends. Well, to be honest, I was a mature student. So my university experience was slightly different from who goes to university at 19, 20, I did my first year then I was 26. So I was a mature student. I was older than the others, so I didn't really leave my university experience, going to parties, a bit in hangover from the day before. So I was pretty much really focused on my assignments and, you know, watching. I loved the library. I would go to the library every time that I was at Middlesex University. <laughs> I would take books, films, lots of films in series. And then I would try not to miss any class. So I was very perfectionist on what I want I was doing. So I lived it very really well. And plus again, pandemic came. It was my first year of BA film, so it was almost halfway through that COVID came. My second year was pretty much on Zoom. Like I had all my equipment already, my lights, my camera, and tripods, whatever, and I could make my films at home with my girlfriend. We made some short films. All my assignments from that year. Overall, it was very roller coaster, but it was good. I really liked it, and the last year was very full of pressure. Well, pretty much also from myself, I put a lot of pressure. I was like, this is the last year, this is, I went into producing and directing and I decided to, my colleague Michele, we wrote the script together. He directed it, I produced it. So that was a lot of work for our final film, plus all the other assignment, plus the work. So it was very, very busy, but it was in the end. Rewarding. was a great experience. Yes. So in the third year, was it still
0: over the Zoom or could you already actually go to university in person?
1: Luckily, it was not over Zoom. Luckily, oh. we went back to university. We started to go back to university in the year before, towards February, March already, we were kind of doing some lessons here and there okay. and then the project was we made it person, like a short film that I co-wrote and directed. So that was good already, but the last year was fully in person, luckily.
0: And what was the role that you focused on? Was it producing or directing? The
1: second year, directing. The third year, producing. But I would say my the main role that I focused all throughout was screenwriting. I was yeah. waiting for a cinematography, but it never came. Yeah, writing is, my love goes to writing, screenwriting. I just, I love writing. I write a lot. Actually, I'm focusing on my writing. Obviously, there are ups and downs because of all the other things I'm doing. But yeah, like writing is my main thing within a film. I think every project that I've been to within university and The short films that I made out of university throughout, I was either the writer or co-writer. When I watch a film or a series, the very first thing I look at is the writing. Mm -hmm. And actually still aspire to become a screenwriter.
0: Why didn't you then in the third year focus on
1: screenwriting as the main one? Because I've been doing a lot of writing out of university. I had focused on screenwriting In every year, basically, it was one of my main thing in the second year and I wanted some more responsibility. I wanted to, for job purposes, know how to either fully direct like the last film at university or produce to give me that experience. And to be honest, throughout the project I was sometimes because of the stress, I was like, why did I not go into screenwriting? I could have saved myself a lot of stress, but in the end I was like, actually, no, I'm glad I did it because it gave me the experience of producing a short film with a budget of 4,000 pounds and mm-hmm. a lot of crew members and all the locations, all the permits, dealing with drafting contracts, it taught me so much about the film industry and what it takes to actually get a film done. Yeah, and if I was to go into screenwriting even in the last year, I would have not learned those things. I wanted to challenge myself even further that because it was the last year. And how was the final film in the end? In my opinion, we made a very good film. Actually still running for festivals. Some nomination we got an award, honorable mentions as well. And it's still ongoing. We have festivals until, I don't know, maybe for another four or five months. So let's see. And it was very good. Obviously, the production was very challenging because, you know, there were so many things. Five locations and all the transports. But we made a very good film. And I'm actually very proud of it. And it taught me a lot, again, the experience and the people I worked with. Overall, it was very rewarding. So as someone who had, as we
0: can say, a successful university final short film, can you share some tips and advice for either students or people who want to study at university, how
1: to take advantage of it from your own experience? Yes, yeah, so I will say use your experience as much as you can. I mentioned before the library, an example, and the library, you can just go and You have so many films and stimulus that you can simply take and watch in your own time. You have so many books you can read the topic you're interested to. You have equipment, plenty of people, like-minded people that you can make stuff with. And I would suggest to use that at your own advantage. Just go and make something and don't overthink it. I mean, seek for perfection, yeah, within the learning, but don't be too much perfectionist that you have to, you know, make the award-winning film at first because you are there to learn and you have plenty of things and people that you can live with. So just go and take it in a positive way. Really enjoy the journey because when it comes to an end, you're like, oh, wow, it's actually finished now it's over and now it's time you have to work and you had all those things. My example, we made that film. We had the Sony AFX-9 from Middlesex University, which was such a great camera. Next time that I'm going to be able to shoot a film of mine with that camera, I don't know, because <laughs> it's very expensive. So, you know, you have that opportunity, which when you're there, you're like, oh, whatever, but then. Take advantage of the resources. Yeah. I agree as you can be positive, enjoy it, Mm -hmm. work your skills. Don't worry about perfectionism because you know, you're there to learn. So just go and do. And
0: as you said before, you spent some time in a library. Are there some favorite books or helpful books that you would advise people to read if they want to improve either their writing or even other areas? Yeah, there are
1: quite a lot. Well, there are two that remain my favorite. One is called The Working Director. How to Arrive, Tribe, and Survive in the Director's Chair. That's very good book. Why is it? Because it's written by somebody that really worked his way to become a director. And it's not just about directing, it's even who aspires to become a producer should benefit by reading this book. And he's a guy that shot documentaries with a crew of three people or feature films. I would say it doesn't teach only about directing, it's a lot about the film industry, which is not just directing because what happens is many go study film because they want to be directors, but the reality is When you finish university, you're not a director, right? Set the reality. I mean, you can, yes, direct the project and, but there is this misunderstanding of what the degree is actually. It's not a pass for film sets and okay, you direct this 200 million pounds film. It's not (laughs) like a ticket to film industry. Yeah, you really like, it is so much work to do and so much competition. And I think this book really puts you with the feet in the ground, or is the beginning of really putting the feet in the ground and understanding. And another one is for writers, but I would say also for any other aspiring directors, producers, which is Instinctive Screenplay, which is also a book that would be used in Yeah, I think it's the final year at university in film. So that's about screenwriting. There are many books about screenwriting there. There is also the writer's journey, which is a very good book. So that's my third book. And also when it comes to films, can you name
0: a few that you liked because of the script? Because you said you really liked screenwriting. That's something you focus on when you watch something. What are some great films with amazing
1: scripts? I would say. One very good is Little Miss Sunshine. And the reason behind? I would say is it's really genuine. It deals with problems that can arise in a family, but also in the society. And it deals with it in such a candid way, even though certain parts are more so candid. Yeah, it's just very well written. Obviously it's a very good film. And it's not just the writing, it's also the acting and the directing, but the writing is just so, the way it deals with all the problems that can arise in a family and growing up, which is something that sometimes, even now that I understand, because, I mean, I'm understanding that by working with children, that, you know, we say, oh, they are children. Yes, they are children. Preteen is teenagers and it's very difficult age. And Little Miss Sunshine deals also with the pressure from the father to the daughter, being the best she can and being very, you no, know, actually not understanding, not you know, the daughter, neither the son. And yeah, it's just a very difficult age. And on the other hand, is also being an adult. So I feel like Little Miss Sunshine deals with all the age ranges and it kind of put them all together in a road trip. Yeah. I always suggest to watch the film. Yeah, sounds good. I may rewatch it.
0: Honestly, I don't remember it, but it's a good transition to your work.
1: What do you do that you are working with children? Well, my role is called film and television teacher. Obviously I usually say I'm a workshop leader because yes, I'm the teacher. Uh, we do workshops, filmmaking workshops, which is kind of, that's what it is. And sorry, Um, what is the age range of those kids? So I have three groups. One is six to nine years old. Then it's 10 to 12. And then 13 to 18. And we do mainly practice, but of course a lot of theory as well. Because usually they are children, so they want to put their hands in the camera Mm -hmm. Don't you dare like make them sit for a one hour watching a presentation. It's very rare that I do that. And if I do it's very funny and there are very nice examples of shots. And sometimes we don't have much time, so we create nice shots or now actually we are working on the short films, the final films of the year. And with each group, we're going to be filming from this week, each Saturday with one group. And we've been working on the script as if it was a university production, like we did a test shoot. We worked on the script. We've been rehearsing. Obviously, it's less harsh. You know, there is the script, the storyboard, the shop list. And that's what it is. We got the actors. We did all the casting. So that's what we've been doing. We've been doing a lot of lighting as well because we bought the lights. So we've been going through all the lighting techniques. We do Saturdays. And they've been doing quite a lot throughout the year. It
0: sounds like fun and great preparation if you decide to study film later on. Yes, I would have loved
1: to do something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I then you either have that. Start mm. studying then you don't feel like complete stranger who doesn't know what is doing there.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. They're already speaking filmmaking, let's say. Especially
0: if you get your hands on the equipment in such a young age. Also great at later on. Just, it's way easier and everything.
1: Yeah. And you can see that some of them are really prone to it. Some of them really learn very fast and all the technicality and they, they do everything by themselves. And And is it like voluntary or is it part of the curriculum? No, no, it's
0: paid job. It's paid job. And why did you actually start teaching that? Is it something that also wanted to do, be a teacher?
1: One of my dreams will be one day going back to Sardinia and having my own academy. I hadn't thought of, first thing I wanted to do was to get on set, program my last year, the university and after I graduated. So I hadn't thought about that, but then I saw that they were looking for film and television teacher. The in Cork Academy in MLS, which is 20 minutes drive from where I live. And, you know, I was. Working for life I was like Saturday, so I was like, hmm, extra income, Why not? I'm gonna apply, but I was like, hmm, don't think I have exactly the experience that they're looking for." But then I got the interview, and then I got the job. So I went like not knowing what to expect, but I loved it since the beginning, to be honest, and also it gave me the opportunity to work in schools as a supply teacher or teaching assistant depending. I work also with kids with special needs now. And it's good because I learned how to work with adults. I had never worked with children. Totally different. Especially such young children, as you said, if they are like six to nine. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have a niece. That was my only experience with children who is almost six years old. So it is teaching me a lot. And yeah, that's where it takes me. And do you
0: actually have to prepare for those classes or is it just passing the information that you already know from studying and your experience in film?
1: Well, I would say I always prepare something. Again, I tend to be perfectionist, so I don't like to arrive. Unprepared. uh, Yeah, I'm prepared. So I usually prepare some things depending on what they're having. Sometimes they have uh, like musical theater shows that they're preparing for. So I'm like, okay, maybe. These two weeks, we got a bit easier. So I prepare in you know, a presentation. Last time I showed them a compilation of best shots of Wes Anderson films. Wasn't and it enough. beautiful, Wes Anderson? Yeah. Or obviously, because I'm Italian. Best <laughs> Fellini. <laughs> shots. And then try to recreate some of them and stuff like that. So yes, I do prepare usually.
0: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: Just a quick one, if you
0: enjoy our podcast, please give us a review on your favorite podcast app, subscribe, or share it with your friends. For more information, visit the show notes. Thank you. And back to the show. So what are your other areas where you are working or what you specialize in?
1: So I do photography. I do branding photography. I started out during the pandemic with Andrea Sage photography, which I set my partner. And now we set an agency, which is called Ligio Espresso, where we give branding photography, digital marketing services to small businesses, uh, entrepreneurs. We covered some events as well. I do photography as a freelancer through another company, which is school photography. Again, working with children, soccer events, concerts, art exhibitions, Depends what the brief is. While well, the work in schools and been making, I mentioned that already. And then I've been doing essay work. So, working in films, television series, TV commercials as a supporting artist, welcome performer. I started that during my last year at university, Yander, to get my foot in the door of big sets. And it's been great because I met actually like minded people. I mean, I've been on sets of many productions. I'm like, oh, wow. When I say people that are not in the, in the field, they're like, oh, wow. Are you kidding? Like I've been on the set of The Crown, Fast 10, and I saw famous people. I think it's a good way to learn about how the work on set is, how actually the industry is, it's flexible work. So I will suggest that to university students. I was suggested to me by a already a teacher at Middlesex University. And then I tried it, I was like, yes, it does. I wonder
0: how much time do you have left or how do you manage all of these activities and jobs?
1: Well, to be honest, I should slow down. Sometimes it gets very overwhelming. But to be honest, I do enjoy going on holiday. So it's not like I'm always working. I do take good time off. I like to travel. And then, you know, it's been about, it hasn't been even a year since I graduated. So this is why I went through all these experiences, you know, to experiment. Yes, to obviously get some finances back from the university path, which was quite challenging also for the finances because you cannot really work full time. But yeah, I would say it's a good to experiment and then slowly, you know, narrow your way into what you want to do. And now I know I want to focus on my writing. That's why before I said it's being ups and downs in a way that I dedicated more time to actually being out there and experimenting all these jobs. But then I left my writing aside when actually being true to myself, writing is what I want to do. I'm starting again to focus on my writing and Mm -hmm. this is why probably I'm going to focus on my, on our agency and my writing and you know, the filmmaking teaching, which I really enjoy. To be honest, yeah, I would like to work on my writing and one day I would like to go back to Sardinia, to Italy. Yes, Break experience from London to Sardinia. Exactly. So I would like to make films there because to be honest, all the stories I write, my inspiration comes from there. I mean, it's a mix, but I usually see my stories in there. Obviously that's what I would like to do. So out of all those
0: activities and jobs you've mentioned, can we elaborate on some? The big
1: productions, as you said, like extra, yeah. right? For example, Crown or Past Ten. Sometimes you get a walk on performer, which is a bit more featured role. So you get more money. I wonder, can you share how did you
0: find a job in the first place? I mean, maybe it's not that difficult to find job
1: as extra, but I guess it's
0: not that easy to get it in such projects as you did.
1: I would say, yes, there are plenty of agencies that you can subscribe to. And if they accept you, you have to do your profile. Once they accept you, they send you the availability check. And obviously you have to commit to the specific jobs, then, you know, you get the agents know you. So it becomes more, stays professional, but they know you. So, you know, you get more opportunities, you get plenty of jobs if you put the foot in the right, and again, it's flexible and it gives you a good understanding of what the working on site is. Cause to be honest, I didn't know before, but now I know that I will not be able to go and work full time on set like that in those productions, because days are very long, very heavy. Sometimes you have to travel very far. So you might be out of the house for 17, 18 hours a day, very little sleep. And that's not for everyone. And, you know, even if you do long hours in the end, you are either home on the workplace that you might be hundred miles away from home. Yeah, I understand. And there are so many productions and sometimes the job you find might seem genuine, but it's not. And unfortunately, some people that are trying to get it into the industry are being taken advantage of. They might tell you, yeah, it's 120 for a day, but you must drive the van. So you drive the van and then you do the runner work which is very long and you have to drive the van back and you did all of that for £120. Yeah. very long day and with very bad money. And although it's so demanding,
0: such long days, the work you need to do, it's still very competitive, right? That
1: it's quite hard to get there because there are so many people who want to get the job. Exactly. That's the thing. And it's very hard to get. And then, you know, look out because some productions are not genuine. And, you know, and then there are those, of course, that they get in the business. They get work in big productions, which are also genuine. So, you know, it's, you never know what you get. I met people that went on to work in nice productions like Disney productions, Netflix productions, and those are genuine. But very tricky as an industry. Very, very tricky. And this is another suggestion is, Know what you want to do, experiment, yes, but don't feel like if you don't like something or it's not for you, don't think that is the only way to get into it. Find something else within the industry because working on set as a runner, is not the only thing you can do. Some people might be able to do it, but I wouldn't be able to, again, to work all those hours every day.
0: Yeah. Listening to orders the whole day. Somewhere outside, no matter what the weather is there, I can imagine might be really tough conditions.
1: Yeah. Very, very tough. Very tough.
0: And just to get an idea, how many days you spent on such a production as extra?
1: Well, usually in each production I spent between one and three days. But I did fair amount of productions. I don't know how many, to be honest. Those are productions usually like Commercials I did, Amazon Prime, EE, old January, com. And or, is it yeah. usually around London or is it even outside? You can find them anywhere. Usually there are many in London or the studios, which are a bit out of London, but many others are other counties. <laughs> and this is why I have a car, which is very good for any job you want to do, even for working in schools or any work that I currently do. The car is my hero because, you know, we transport, especially from St. Albans, because it's not in London. And this is another thing, another suggestion. If you want to do this kind of jobs, get a driving license, get a car, because without a car, it's very difficult. It's even more difficult to get these kind of jobs. Pretty much any job in the film industry, unless your visual effects, <laughs> sound design.
0: I was going to say, advice to listeners, if you want to stand out and get a car, it's already some plus point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And are there any lessons that you learned from working on these productions? Because obviously it's different than working at university. Is there something that you learned? Wow. So many
1: things. Well, I can give a few. I learned that. It takes a lot of money and people to make a feature film or a TV series. More people and money that i thought before going into any of these sets. And because obviously it takes a lot of people and it's long hours, it's about knowing how to work with people as well. It's not just about getting the shot done and because you see people working there Especially in the AD department, cabinet department, who are doing very long hours, a lot of hard work, and yet they are able to keep it professional and try to stay positive. Yeah, yeah. Another thing is, you know, if you know that the job is hard, and once if you accept to do a job, commit to it, because yes, you were asked, but you weren't forced to do the job. So if you commit to it bring it to an end, and then move on to something else if you didn't like it. And yes, they do many takes, they do lots of takes. There is a lot of preparation, many times for just one take, for just one simple shot. There are so many people, so much preparation behind. Again, I suggest to try the experience because you really piss off. Plus the money is good most of the times.
0: And I guess it's also a great experience just being on such a set that doesn't yeah. happen to anyone and not many people have
1: such opportunity. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. It's overall experience. And you meet plenty of nice people. They have other jobs or so they have their own businesses and they do that to. Sometimes it's just to break from the routine. Sometimes it's to get some extra money, sometimes it's the experience. Yeah, it's just good. I think obviously for me personally, it's something that I'm not gonna be doing for... Not doing, doing it, goal. Yeah, I've been doing it for this year because first to network with like-minded people, try to get to the other side of the camera, then also get some extra work, some extra money. So I've been doing it for those reasons. But obviously, after a while, it becomes something that, you know, once experienced productions, and if it's not really your thing, but I don't see myself doing it for much longer because I have other things I'm working on now, but it's being useful for my transition. Very useful. And yeah, now I have other things I'm doing. So let's see. Sometimes I still, if they propose me a good job, I still say yes, but I don't say yes to every job.
0: Before we move to another topic, I just wonder, can you say what is it like once you arrive on a set, what does your day look like? If you just listen to directions of probably not director or maybe director, I don't know, and do what they say or what is such a day on a set like?
1: Okay, you're right. Most of the times it's very early, like it can be 6 a.m. call time, it's been even like 4.30 a.m. call time, sometimes 7 You have breakfast, they feed you very well. It's the most important to feed your (laughs) crew. Yeah, excellent. Breakfast, check costumes, hair and makeup. Mm -hmm. Usually, you know, for it's not much. But they just need to make sure everything is all right. Sometimes there is to wait for when they are ready to film the scene you're going to be in. Sometimes you go almost straight to set. And it's just, you know, them trying the shot train the action and once you get to set and usually it's the, are the assistant directors giving you the directions when it's a lot of people working. And yeah, until the scene is done, you're there. Sometimes it can be 10 hours. Sometimes it's been very few, four or five. Sometimes it's been a lot like 13, 14 hours. Usually when it's laid up, it's very good morning. And it happened a few times that I had some welcome performer role, which is a bit more featured or productions where we were at a very few, so that you might have the director giving you the directions. You actually get to speak to the director. That sounds fun. like a great that's experience. A, yeah. That's a very good experience to be honest. And yeah, because then you talk to the DOP, all the camera department, you, you have a chit chat and then the director and then the main actor. And so it, it all depends, to be honest, on the production. But well, it sounds like great source of motivation or inspiration.
0: If you get to see these people working on a set, as you said, even famous and successful director, actor, or whoever, it's like a great boost for you, isn't it?
1: Yeah. To be honest, yeah. to be honest, it's nice to see famous people. Um, you're there to work and like, oh, wow. I saw this actor in a film when I was a kid and I'm like, okay, now I'm here. So it's nice. It is nice. Because until then, you, you just saw them in famous films. When you see directors, people as well. You're- yeah, like real people there. Or even direct. For me, even famous directors. He was very, very rewarding to see them working.
0: cannot imagine the pressure and what they need to go through with the whole production being, I mean, not the whole production being on them, but the role that the director plays is so big.
1: Yeah. And the surprise is when you actually hear them speaking or see them working, they're actually very calm and you're like, okay, they've been doing that for so many times that. If I was to think to have those responsibilities right now, I would probably be anxious. I would have not slept for the past four nights (laughs) instead But yeah, it's been great. You never know who you get to see, like Oscar winning directors, Oscar winning actors. It's a very good experience. So that's why I always suggest just go and try. Yeah, I
0: agree. Let's move to your other area of expertise, photography. Yeah. You mentioned quite a few that you do. So yes. can we start with one of those? You can pick which one you want. We can start with branding. Yeah. So
1: what is it to actually do when it comes to branded photography? So it depends on the brief, it depends on the person or slash business. Again, it's something that we started out on our own. So we had some nice projects, but not as many. Because we started out. So it depends. An example, there was this lady with a skincare business. So it included both the light, some lifestyle photos of her base, some product photography of all the creams and stuff, and some photos of her using the creams. So yep. there were three parts. Or another one, hired me for an event. There were more businesses at this event by was organized by this business. So they hired me to do photos at the event of the speakers, of the people attending. So it all depends. Usually is the individual. So it's pretty much portrayed on action. And if they have a product or even if they don't, if they have an online business, it can be things they relate to the brand, such as maybe the pencils that are the same color of the brand. And maybe I take a photo of that with the blurry background of the past working. It can vary. Obviously what I like about photography is that is me and the camera and the brief and the client. So I have creative freedom, limited because it's still got to deliver what the client is looking for, but I have creative freedom. Like I, I shot with my own eye and the viewfinder, just photograph. Or it can be simply like I did branding for actors who just need portraits of them, maybe different outfits, some artistic pose. I did that too. And that is about just framing and getting the light nicely done and getting just nice portraits. Have you got like a studio? I do not. I do have the equipment. For some projects we did rent out places and I do have one place nearby that I could use as a studio. I could pay by the hour and a half, but no, I do not have a studio. I dream of having one because I dream also of making some more artsy photography. One thing I like is artsy stuff and I like artsy films and I dream of having my own studio and making photos in there more artsy photos as well, or fashion photography, who knows. I like to experiment. Yeah, that's always (laughs) good. I wonder, how
0: did you start with this? Because you had to somehow get the first clients. So how did you advertise yourself? How did you spread the word?
1: Yeah, that's very hard. That's the hardest part is to get the word out there, advertise it. I just started out during the pandemic, I started to take photos. To use my girlfriend as the subject at first, we did plenty of photos. And then some musicians, friends, I started to take portraits of them. And then I just started to have this idea of working as a freelancer, basically giving the service to people for free and using those photos to then put them out there, market yourself, and then. There has been a lot of setting up and actually studying, doing courses for on business, networking with people, going to networking events and reaching out to people, sending proposals. There is so much to do. You see, yet we are still working on this and looking for clients, looking to expand. It's a lot of work to work as a freelancer or set up your business, but it Totally based off. Yeah, it teaches you quite a lot.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. But what wanted to say, if you want to promote yourself, either share your services or any links, feel free to do so.
1: Yeah, I do. Actually, now my partner and I, we go under Digespresso, which again, as I mentioned, we do branding photography and digital marketing, slash social media management services. And... Can find me on LinkedIn. I will uh, share links, social media, website, and stuff. I will share it in the show
0: notes and people will have a look. They can.
1: Sure. And also, they can reach out to me, like, even if it's just for a chat on maybe going deeper on what we talked about here, because I'm always happy to give suggestions or help from my personal journey. I think everyone's journey is different. Obviously always have things that you can suggest. So I have my own journey that I can talk about if anybody wants to reach out to me. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, primarily we'll need to do
0: part two at some point because we didn't cover much. I feel like, as you said, you focus on quite a few things. We could go much deeper. So i yeah. will be more than happy to catch up again in the future.
1: Yeah, sure. Thomas, whenever
0: you want. Are there any final notes or something you would like to mention before we finish?
1: I feel like I gave a lot of opinions throughout this chat. But yeah, to everyone out there trying to get into the film industry, just listen to your heart, to your body and really do what you want to do because with that, just work towards your goals and experiment and... You might change slightly or that direction, but that doesn't mean that you're losing anything. Actually, you are gaining a lot. So just follow your heart, you know, trust your journey. That's all I, I, I can say. I think it's great advice and I can only agree with you. And thank you Thomas actually for having me. Like this was such a, a pleasant chat. No, I agree. I really appreciate it. My pleasure as well. And listening
0: to your journey. As you said, the background you come from, the reason you moved to London and even the experience you have, for example, from shoot or your own business, I find it personally inspirational. So pleasure for me to listen to it and
1: find out more. Thank you. So, Appreciate it. Good. thank you,
0: you Andrea, And <laughs>
1: see you soon. Yeah, have a nice one. Yeah. You see. too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Produce By.
0: Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app, leave a review or send us your feedback. For more information about the host, links from the episode and ways to connect with us, visit the show notes. If you know someone who would be an ideal guest for our podcast, please get in touch. Thank you and see you soon.